0: Welcome back to the Cherry Picking Podcast. This is Ziggy.
1: This is Donnie. And Dylan.
0: And our special guest today is the 2018 Callahan Award nominee, the man whose shoulder forgot how to abduct the current assistant strength and conditioning coach at the University of Delaware, Mr. Nick LaRue. Yeah!
2: yeah let's go! Happy yeah,
0: thanks for having me on. Today's agenda is as follows. LaRue is here to talk some behind the scenes of strength and conditioning, working with collegiate athletics during the pandemic, and why he decided to rewatch the 2003 Stanley Cup Finals. We've also got a deep dive into the NFL schedule with some odds and ends to finish it off. But first, our sponsor today, unofficial, is Bang Energy. Bang Energy. As always, one day they will be our official sponsor. But if you want to be our official sponsor, shoot us an email at cherrypickingpod at gmo.com. Love to have you on. Anyway, let's get started. <laughs> All right. So once again, thank you, Mr. Larue, for stopping by. Um, this was this is a short sighted on us. We should have had you on a lot, lot sooner.
1: Yeah.
0: But as they say, better late than never.
2: Now, you, you live say by that? that, don't you? Yeah. Ziggy yeah better <laughs> yeah, yeah. Late than You never. definitely do <laughs> live by that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, I mean, you rather yeah, be show up at
0: thirty minutes late than not show up at all.
1: Well, you well, did that well, happen before? Dude. Yeah, yeah, that has
0: happened. That's why I'm I'm saying that I'm not I'm not creating uh, a hypothetical situation. I'm speaking on factual information.
2: Uh huh. So so am I.
0: <laughs> Rue, what exactly do you spe- is there a specialty that you have? Do you, do you specialize in something in particular under strength and conditioning?
3: No, oh, so um. So I guess a little um little background. So I'm an assistant strength and conditioning coach at University of Delaware. I assist with football, and I I had men's and women's golf and cheer there. I also seasonally assist with men's soccer and men's lacrosse. But that is just me being another coach on the floor, another pair of eyes on the on the floor of the weight room, as opposed to you know, as opposed to where football where I assist, where we have three three person football strength staff where we're all part of everything that goes on around, you know, the program design, implementation, um, and just, yeah. just being, being a part of the whole team dynamic in general, as opposed to just, you know, being on the floor.
1: Wasn't women's cheer at Delaware national champions.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, hey. co-ed, so our co-ed cheer team, uh, won a national championship this year. So, um, you know if you told me ten years ago that uh my one you know who hopefully not one only but my first national championship in life would be as a uh, collegiate cheer strength coach, I um I would not know what to think. <laughs> ring him. <laughs> ring him. I actually, yeah, ring. No, no, pre um you know pre uh pre COVID I got fitted for my ring and really yeah this whole, thing, Whoa. this whole thing screwed up my uh that's sick my time wow. my you have any so idea far. you have any idea what it looks like it's really nice so they're okay. um they won last year as well
0: oh no they're, so it's um, the back-to-back yeah, back ring
3: back yeah so oh. so they're they won last year it's really nice i saw i saw a picture of it it's 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 legit yeah yeah i'm excited All right
0: well, we'll have to we'll have to get some pictures. Um, of that, not of the ring. I want to see it on you. I want to see, I want to see that big fist.
3: Oh, definitely. You'll,
2: you'll see it. Will you punch me in the face with it? (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're lucky. All right, cool.
0: So when you, when you took the job at Delaware, did you have in mind or did you know what you would be coaching what would you be taking part of, or did you take the assistant job and then they kind of divvied out what you were going to be doing?
3: Yeah, no, they, um, they laid it out. They laid it out for me really well um so a little background um our field it, a lot a lot of it's about you know connections and who you know of course like any you know, of the college experience you need know, the certification but a lot of it's about connections so I um I interned at uh for Temple's football team under um uh I was there for Collins last year heading into Carrie's first year and I got the job at Delaware about two weeks before the uh the past college football season started so a little bit of a timeline but when i was at when i was at temple um one of the strength coaches i interned under is ryan horton he's now the director of applied sports science at georgia tech and he worked with my my boss right now chris stewart head strength coach at university of delaware at the university of tennessee um i forgot what years coach horton was there for but you no, know, uh, Coach Sue, my boss now was there from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand eight. He was there for the national title. Wow, in, in ninety eight. But um, so, yeah. So basically, I I applied, I applied for this job, and you know they um they called up Coach Horton. and I guess he had some uh good words to say about me because uh, my interview with them was a breeze, and and yeah, they, they wanted to make it happen, and yeah, and you know uh, opportunity like that comes up to go go from an intern into my first, you know, um, assistant position, I guess, even though I am part-time right now, but again, first assistant position like that is something you gotta take. I mean,
0: you're part-time, but you're also a national champion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if you if you can be a part-time national champion, what happens when they make you full-time? You know yeah. he
1: gets he he gets the ring from the first year, even though he wasn't there That's I
3: mean happens. at that point the ceiling's the roof, you know, yeah Jesus <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, yeah, it was all it's all laid out for me, man um and so then, you so
0: you're saying you knew going in that I'm gonna be taking the helm of this cheer program that is coming off a national title, yeah, you you had that on your shoulders and you stepped up and you said, all right, let's do it again,
3: well, I mean my my part is very minimal uh you know um i think a cool thing about being a strength coach is that um and why and why i like working the team dynamic is that you're just a small piece and you're working for something that's bigger bigger than yourself you're working towards a a goal um that is bigger than yourself and it's not about you It's about it's about the athletes you work with you know we're um we're, we as strength coaches are servants for our athletes, we we're there to help make them better at their sport and at life, you know, in life in general, trying to have as much of a positive impact as you can. So, uh, again, my my part in my part in that it was minimal. I mean, impact. you say it's minimal,
0: but at the end of the day, you're still a pivotal cog in the wheel, right? If if your role didn't exist, you know, who's who's to say? That they would be able to repeat, you know. If if it was somebody else in your shoes, you can you can you know hypothesize the ending to that. But all we know is the facts in front of us, which is you were the strength and conditioning coach, a national championship repeat was achieved. There's that connection, and there's a there's a clear line between those. No matter how thin you want to make that line, it's there.
3: Yeah, I have the athletes, about the coaches. I'm there. I'm there to try and get them stronger, get them more robust and, you know, get them more resilient to potential injury. That's, that's what I'm there for. So job. Well, what's up.
1: So, yeah, I, this is an interesting question. I know you said that you, you're just the assistant right now. You're not the full uh, in charge, you know, strength and conditioning coach, but was there a period where the athletes, you know, they had to, was, was there like an, an uncomfortable period there where they had to adjust to you given that you're new, they're already coming off of a national championship and they didn't want to be learning from a new person or no? Or was it smooth right away?
3: So something that's good is that um, their, their coach and all the coaches I work with, um, you know, uh, football, golf, and cheer, um, they're all headed by really good coaches, really good mm-hmm. people. And um, just having – just starting by having when you go when you go to the new, when you go to a new place as a strength coach, um, it started, it starts with, you know, your head coach, right? You have
2: mm-hmm.
3: to meet with your head coach first. You go over kind of what you're about, um, what they expect. And you kind of, you're kind of trying to tailor your culture off of what they want off of what they want their culture is. Okay. You know, if I, you know, if I have a totally different idea, um if i were to have a totally different idea for how i want to run things than the head coach does you know it's too it's too damn bad for me you know i'm i'm there to again i'm there to serve the athletes and there to serve, serve the head coaches
1: so so it was something where you had to conform
3: more maybe. no no but i mean oh, okay. if, if i had to like like okay. again again uh the head the again my two coaches where i run the program golf and cheer they give me they give me a lot of freedom they trust me um to kind of just go to, sorry, they, they trust me to, they trust me they, they trust what I know. They trust, they trust my coaching. Um, I haven't had a problem in having interference from any of my coaches.
0: So you, I know you were a strength and conditioning coach or an intern rather at temple, so you worked there and that's how you kind of had to made those connections to get this placement in at UD. Yes. Right. Do you notice, I don't know to what extent uh, you were involved in with Temple, but do you notice any differences between, you know, not only the facilities, obviously, but just how things are run and how stark differences may be between coaching philosophies?
3: Oh, definitely. Even, um, you can see, even the two head strength coaches that worked for Temple, um, Dave Mm -hmm. Feely was a head strength coach when uh, Coach Hans was there. Brad Orts, the current head strength coach with, um, with Coach Carey. And how they run things is they they run things differently, you know, um, from a bunch of different perspectives. But, you know, a great thing about what we do, you know, there's more than one way to skin the cat. There's not one method of athlete development um, that's like you must do this to get better. Uh, you know, as long as you run a sound program and – you know, you have buy-in from your athletes and, you know, and and yet yeah, you do what you can to help them achieve their, their goal of winning ball games. That's, that's what matters. And, you know, I learned a lot from Coach Feely, who's the uh, head strength coach at University of Miami now, uh, University of Miami football under uh, under Coach Diaz right now. I learned a ton from him and, and he is, you know, a, a huge influence in who I am as a coach and you know, I'm very thankful that when that coaching change happened, that Coach Ort kept me on. He trusted me. He um, trusted my experiences. And, and yeah, yeah, just some, you know, thankful for both. And there's a lot of – there's a lot that I've taken from each of them. And I've kind of taken, taken what I've learned in my past and molding it into who I am as a coach right now.
0: I got a question about – these, these kind of different approaches, these different philosophies that you say different coaches have, and all of them are effective in their own right is what you're saying, but they do differ, right? Okay. I know I'm studying physical therapy, right? And there's obviously a plethora, a myriad of different philosophies that support, you know, a particular rehab therapist. Rehab strategy, you know, when it comes to strengthening muscles around a joint, you know, some people like electrostim, some people like blood flow restriction, some people like resistance training, some like a combination, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, There's spectrums from hands-off PT to strictly hands-on PT. You know, you can mix and match philosophies. Like, you know, you can mix and match Domino's Pizza's orders. Uh, But is there a similar ideology with strength and and conditioning? Where I know that I've worked under PTs that despise other PTs for their philosophies and say what they're doing is potentially hurting their patients, I believe. Is there that kind of just so different mentalities in strength and conditioning
3: in the strength and conditioning community as a whole. Like, yes. Um, I'll point to, uh, I'll point to the, I don't know if you guys have seen, um, like those Alvin Kamara training videos of him, you know, balancing on a BOSU ball and right. Yeah. 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 And all this stuff. And that is <clears throat> getting it that, that, Stuff like that drives uh, a lot of conversation, to say the least. Um, That's (laughs) not how. That's not how I would. um, Like the things that things that he does. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, context is everything, right? Like, like you have to have context in what you do. I believe in that. You know, if you can soundly support and provide good reasoning with. You know, research or experience-backed information into your program, then then you got nothing to worry about. But again, like you see, there's a lot of things put out in the strength conditioning world, I guess, in the physical preparation world that are that drive debate, to, to say the least. Um, <laughs> that are that are bullshit. That aren't factory. Yeah, of- that, that you're out to be to, to say, it, <laughs> to say yeah. it least, yeah.
0: you're putting it putting it nicely. Well, all I'm saying is Kamara did not have a great season last year. So maybe the Bosu yeah, ball funny. wasn't wasn't what he needed. I'm saying he he dropped, I don't know what his all purpose yards were. I'm looking at him. I'm trying to do some mental calculations here. But they dropped, he almost dropped like 400 all purpose yards last year. And his touchdowns dropped by 14. And
1: what would that like? Well, like, ball, like like, what does that do like if you're just like balancing on a BOSU ball I don't know I'd probably I don't know when the last time I saw one of those videos was but like I don't know like when when I'm looking yeah it feels like it doesn't do anything for you you're just kind of balancing
3: so it to, it, take it like this in football the surface doesn't move right right yeah a okay. stable surface so why are we training on an unstable surface uh, there's little transfer. Um I, I won't get too sciency, but um you know, one of the uh, I, I don't want to say founders, but one of the most highly sourced um, authors is a Soviet scientist named Yuri Fergushansky. And he came out um, you know back in the eighties with this principle called dynamic correspondence, where basically basically you achieve transfer of training from the weight room from your training to the field by, you know, variables such as the magnitude and the direction of force uh, being applied in training, being similar to what's applied on the field, the speed of movement being similar to what's applied in training to what's applied on the field, the peak muscle contraction, peak muscle fiber contraction being similar to what what you do in training. to what's, um, performed on the field, contact time, uh, with the ground muscle and joint actions. So practice how you play in the most literal sense try you want to try to yeah like like that doesn't mean you know go out and bounce one um you know bounce on um uh, you know uh you know uh, catch footballs while, Bouncing
1: while on like a yeah. like no but yeah. like 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 in
3: the, in the in the end you want to be able to produce more force you want to be able to produce force quicker um in a more ballistic fashion and You want to get your athletes stronger. You want to get them faster. You want to get them, uh, you know, you want to get them more, more athletic. Right. And, and that is, that's done through, you know, testing and monitoring of your program and uh, you know, being able to reverse engineer from the sport. Okay. So being able to take the sport, take the demands they see in the game and reverse engineer that to how, what in the, what in the weight (laughs) room what in training can I do that will, that will lead to that. That's,
0: that's super interesting. I didn't necessarily, I don't know why it seems, it seems obvious, but I don't know why I didn't consider that is that you take the sport and then I guess you're saying you take elements of sport, elements of action, elements of movement, and you say, okay, how can we replicate this movement and increase the load? So he's more explosive when doing this exact movement. How can we replicate that?
3: Sim- similar. Yeah. How can we reverse engineer the sport to, to get, to, um, give them a training stimulus that's going to transfer.
0: I'm curious. I mean, by that philosophy, I'm wondering what Alvin Kamara's trainers reverse engineered from to end up with BOSU ball. Um, Who's, who's to say, I know BOSU ball is pretty big, at least in physical therapy world. I mean, just, I guess with rehabilitation, and kind of getting getting that stability back.
3: I I mean, also again, again, too, like context is everything like, so, so the guy who founded the BOSU ball, David Wegg, he's kind of, he's very out there, but he's also very smart and seeing how, Again, again, uh, Bosu ball is not something I'll use in my training. But like, I've gone out to kind of look into, okay, like what does he do with it? Why does he do it? And like things that he says, like I saw a video of him saying, like him being like, yeah, like I see, I see people like bouncing with it, like upside down, and I'm like, that's like, he's pretty much like, yeah, that's not what it's for. Like that's not what I do when I when I train, you know, my people. Like like, so I, I don't know where they're getting it from. So. Again, con- context is everything, and sorry, context is everything. And again, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to come on here and bash people again. Right, like, right. Like but my, I mean, like, but you're, my, you're
0: entitled to what you believe is. Yeah, yeah. What you Your preferred you know
3: mode of training.
2: Do you yeah.
0: think that social media has had any play in this kind of upcoming increase in odd forms of training?
3: So, so that so that's the thing. Like the worst. The worst thing that could possibly happen out of things like this is you see like, you see like, um, you know, something stupid. You see some sort of dumb form of training, like, you know, standing on a stability ball with stroke glasses on and, you know. Would real. Like you see that and then you see like a young athlete, like a high school athlete being like, okay, like I see this pro doing that. That means I have to do it in order to get there. And that's not true at all. Like that's. And like that, that's the worst thing. A young athlete sees this, they try and do it in their training, and they get hurt. That that's that's a ma- that's what I think is the main thing that we're that like why that why social media can be so toxic. It can be great because again, there are a lot of great strength coaches who put out a ton of great content on social media. I'll plug um a couple guys I follow. He's got Joe Aratari. he's out of Rochester, New York. Um, he's a high school strength coach. He puts out great content. This guy, Jerry D. Filippo, he's from Jersey. Um, I, think, I think his facility's in Touch, and I believe somewhere in that area. He puts out a ton of great uh, content on social media, drives conversation, has a podcast. So there are guys like that who are really driving our industry forward. But then there's also, you know, crap you see that, you know, like Jameis Winston front squatting 135 pounds on a – on um, an upside-down BOSU ball. Like, that's that's not doing anything. That's not that's – But it not.
2: looks cool. But it looks cool. Yeah, but that's yeah,
0: the dangerous no. part. It's like, wow, it looks like he's doing something that I haven't seen before And yeah. this spectacle that he's, you know, achieving.
1: Yeah. Would like 30, like 30. Yeah. Would, like, jumping from, like, a pool onto, like, the surface qualify as that too? Because when I see that on Instagram and Twitter, I'm like, shit, dude, you're
3: you're cool for that. But it's it doesn't look imp- like it's definitely impressive. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> impressive. Yeah, again, like risk, risk reward, right? Like, yeah, like um, yeah, you guys see that guy? I got drafted out of Iowa who um, who did that? But he also power clean. He also hang power cleaned like I think it was four fifty for four. Jesus. Like um, like yeah, like that, guy, that guy's he was it Tristan Wartz was his mm-hmm. name right? Mm-hmm. That guy's an animal, man. But the thing is, like um, that iris that Iowa strength coach Chris Doyle, he is you know, top of the class, man. And I think you can tell, you know, not only by how he's been in the same program for 20-plus years, and the um, you can tell by the athletes he's produced, man. Like, you see, you see these guys that go to Iowa. You know, Iowa's not a – George uh, Kittle. George yeah. Kittle went to uh, Iowa. I, yeah, I was not a blue blood taking out five-star recruits like uh, like Bama and LSU are. Like, like they're turning two three-star recruits into – Like four-star the recruits, yeah. The long into long – to guys who have long NFL careers, and I think that starts with the the development of their strength and conditioning program. You know, similar at Temple, you look at the guys who look the guys who uh, rock, rock uh, a sin, baby. Yeah, man, rock, Rocky Sin. Um, you know, Sean Bradley a year, but yeah, yeah, Sean. Sean wasn't a high recruit. Uh, Chappelle wasn't a highly ranked recruit. I, I don't think, at least. Um, but even even got guys beyond that like Hassan Reddick was a former walk on yep um so i i think I think that's a good tell in college football about how effective a strength coach have, right like like if you're probably, if you're or or at least like in some sort again, it's a piece of the puzzle right in the end it's it's the athlete and what they do, that's first and foremost all we all we're doing is we're servants we're trying to get them better that's but again um.
0: It is, but you're saying it is telling when you see programs that don't bring in these high caliber recruits who are kind
3: constantly of, playing guys in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, think so. I think it's telling, but I, I, I don't think it's just a strength coach. Obviously. Oh, no, it
0: can't. I mean, it's almost not the whole story.
3: Great. Yeah. But again, de- development starts in the weight room. Um, you know, it's um, especially in the offseason, uh, where, where the coaches they see the most, right? Sure, like, sure. there, there are times where they're not allowed to. Have, or uh, they're obviously they're allowed to have contact, but they're they're not allowed to. You're not allowed to work with their position coaches. We're the only coaches they work with for, you know. A fast. Why is that? Is it
0: because the position coaches are doing recruiting or?
3: It, it's NCAA rule.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Okay. Wow. So it's bullshit. Gotcha. <laughs> All
0: right, we're not we're not a, we're not a very pro NCAA podcast, but who really is very yeah, pro? I, I mean, NCAA. I mean, it's
3: it's good though because like again we're we're the ones who are we're the ones who are getting them ready to go on the field right like that like that's that's again we are getting them ready right, especially in football and especially in a high impact collision sport like football we are getting them ready to go on the field and face and succeed and succeed on the field succeed being able to take high forces being able to sustain high velocity high velocity collisions you know um, um, they, you know, they, they trust us. They, they, they put their trust in us. Their families put their trust in us to not only make them better, but to keep them healthy throughout their, their former three, four or five years. And, uh,
0: I mean, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. And I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, your pants haven't fallen off when you don't even wear a belt. We know about that story. And Don specifically asked to rehear the story of the Temple football coaches calling you out. For not wearing a belt.
3: Oh yeah, you, <laughs> I love would this you story. Care to share? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, so the first, um, yeah, I just didn't didn't wear a belt <laughs> my first game there, and I noticed it, probably no belt, Nick, and I just <laughs> I just kept that up throughout the season. Um, oh my! I tried, God. I tried to yeah, I tried to take it over to Delaware, but we started losing some games, so I was oh uh, oh.
0: So it was it was a lucky thing.
3: Uh, I mean. For you, I mean yeah. Nova, so really, that's oh, a yeah. wake up call. For me. I just, I just stuck with it throughout the. Day. No belt, Nick is. You, is it is
1: it a preference thing?
3: <laughs> no, I think I think I just forgot to wear a belt. But, <laughs> so you know, as a
0: human being, you 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 are pro belt. Oh, definitely. You're definitely pro belt. I'm telling you, how do you, I don't know how your. This pants is the play content
3: up. that we I just. Need yeah, I just. I just
1: remember we were at conferences for frisbee, and you were coaching. And you had the whole like Temple Football like shirt, you had the pants on, and you had no belt. And we were so confused. Every single one of us, we were like, yeah. why is Lou well, to needed... not wearing a belt? This is why. And then, because and then the story got told. He, he no lost to Nick. Nova.
0: He lost to Nova with no belt. So he had to come back with no belt so we could beat Nova and he could complete the story.
3: Yeah.
0: It, was a, it was a circle of life kind of story arc. I don't know he has. Well, He's he
3: been a thorn in my side. I'm all into against him in football. They're the reason why I don't have a frisbee conference championship. No, you coach?
1: You were you were a coach for the conference for our conference championship? Yeah, before. that's
3: true. I was a coach, but when I yeah, was a but, player, when I was but, a player, they took me out of conferences. They beat me in my last regionals. Um, yeah, they yeah yeah Villanova Villanova University has yeah, the uh, definitely has the upper hand.
2: They they really got bailed out this year, didn't they? Cause they were going to lose those again. Huh.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. It wasn't be close. Yeah, they did get bailed out. They weren't they weren't going to make finals this year. Yeah, they were great string stuff there though. Great strength stuff.
0: So you, Don alluded to this a second ago, you do also work with the temple ultimate club program. Yes. To, to, a to a degree, right? Obviously your priority is UD because they're paying you uh, a larger sum of money. And that has much more impact on your professional career.
1: Yeah. We basically pay LaRue a stipend. That's, uh, that's yeah, what it, it basically is. Yeah. That's Coaches it us not, because he loves us. Really, is what we're getting at.
0: Yeah, yeah. It gets him three coffees and like half half a pound of salmon, and that's about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, get me so,
0: spirit too. If it, it gets you what you need, and that's all that matters. Yeah. But what what does how does your approach differ from training something like football and cheer, which football is more high impact. Cheers more I don't actually really know how you cheer cheer,
1: to it. cheer can be high impact but, I guess, football I is.
0: Um, <laughs> but how does your approach shift to something that is more built on individual athleticism like frisbee is
3: so I'll just talk about frisbee here um so take a college ultimate team um a majority of them do not have a training age right they they do not have resistance training experience so my focus is on long-term athletic development and kind of building from the ground up. Right. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to just throw, um, this huge, these huge intensive movements at you guys right away, because like, yes, you'll adapt from them, but you'll adapt from much less stimulus. Um, you know, it's, it's the, um, theory of minimum effective dose is what I'm trying, is what I'm trying to trying to chase. What's a minimum, dose I can, I can prescribe for you guys to adapt. And what I do, um, there's a lot of research dating back, you know, forever that single set lifting, uh, improves, improves a bunch of performance outcomes in, in, um, uh, athletes with low training age and, uh, this, uh, Russian, um, former Soviet scientist, named Michael Yesus came up with this program called the one by 20 where, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. One set, 20 lifts and I'm a big fan. And yeah, again, single set lifting and basically 20 reps. You go until you go until, um, technical perfection is stopped. And then once you're there, if you, and you progress by how I, how I do it is if you hit, if you hit 20 reps or more before technical failure, three, three workouts in a row, you go up in that exercise and you keep going up. And then once you once you kind of realize, like, okay, I'm not adapting anymore, then we change the stimulus. Then we'll give you a little bit more stimulus. We'll intensify it a little bit, and then we'll keep progressing it, keep progressing it, keep progressing it until you stop adapting. Then we give you a little bit more stimulus. What Start do you mean to, by stimulus exactly for those who aren't really – uh, Dose. So volume, volume, intensity. So uh, sets
1: and reps, essentially, kind of or no?
3: To put it very simply, yes. But you, okay. you can – You can progress your volume, so how many reps? You can progress your intensity, or the which is kind of how much weight you're doing. So, say we're doing say we're doing an exercise three three by five at 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. If I have you do, if I change that to five by five at 100 pounds, I'm adding volume, I'm adding tissue stress. But if I change it to three by five at 115 pounds, I'm adding intensity, or I'm adding neural nervous system stress.
0: And, and both and of those both are forms of stimulus. Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah. Dose. Yes. Sure. But um, but you can also you can also progress through. Uh, you can also progress through exercise classification. So instead of you know uh, instead of a normal. Uh, movement where eccentric, eccentric, concentric, down, up. Um, you can add a tempo. You can add that if you're doing a squat, downward phase can be slower. That adds intensity. Um, downwards eccentric phase to be slower. Or you can progress that to, you know, instead of a instead of a front squat, you change it to a back squat where you can put more load on uh to be a little bit higher of a neural stress. Or you can there's a bunch of stuff you can play with. There's overcoming isometrics where you're essentially taking a bar and just pressing it or pushing it against an immovable object as hard as you can, trying to create max force. That would be an example of a highly neural exercise where I try and keep that stuff, you know, in the back pocket where like, okay, I have an athlete who now, instead of six months of training age, they have three years of training age. They can handle higher intensity stimulus. It takes more for them to adapt. It takes more stimulus for them to adapt. Now I can pull my kind of like, well, what's the term ace in the hat or jack in the hat or something and, and give them that stimulus that has a real, um, Sorry. Uh, I can give them that stimulus that is great enough for them to adapt, but I don't want again, point is you don't want to get, you don't want to intensify too early because you can burn the nervous system out and it comes <coughs> to a quick plateau when, and again, getting this back, um, bring this back to ultimate, um, typical ultimate athlete you see, again, not a huge training age. So we want to start, we want to start at the base and build up that base. Um, uh, my boss, at, my boss at Temple, my first boss at Temple termed it, uh, you want to build a house. Essentially. Build That's a right. house. I got a, I got
2: a question for you. Kind of a question, kind of a story. Um, so talking about Frisbee, uh, I specifically remember this day cause I wanted to kill you. Um, you, you, you gave us a little, uh, thing we had to do referencing running and I believe it was a full sprint for 90 seconds.
3: Oh my God. And then
2: approximately a 30 second rest.
3: Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that, that would go, I, I don't think it was a 30 second rest. I, I it, But, um, so that, that would go into energy system development, right? So my conditioning, um, philosophy is taken from, uh, I'll, I'll preface with this strength conditioning, you know, pretty much everything, pretty much everything is you take things you learn in your prior, prior experience, prior knowledge, you combine that with the situation that you're given with, and that is how you build your program. But like pretty much everything you take in strength conditioning, you take from someone else, you take from someone else who you see and the best way to take from someone else is to take from the best. Right. So one of the best conditioning um, energy system development coaches that I've, if you uh, say a Russian, if you say there's another Soviet guy, no, 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 who a no, no. Conditioning. his name's Joel, Joel Jamison. He's a, he's an American. He, um, trained a bunch of trained, a bunch of fighters. That that's kind of, that's kind of what got him known. Um, he was uh, Demetrius Money Mouse Johnson's.
0: There it is. There's the, there's the Russian
3: trainer throughout his uh, school round. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Demetrius Johnson. yeah American I'm just, I
0: just, I just heard the first name and you cut out the.: I'm um, sorry.
3: Well yeah, so his, his um, philosophy on energy system development, he wrote a book about it, and that book is a big resource what I use to program my stuff. So basically I'll, I'll go from you know, building in it building an aerobic base while taking some um, uh, aerobic base um, while taking some alactic or 10 seconds or less, basically your, your immediate system. And I'll I'll build that up. And again, it's just slowly building volume and intensity, focusing on certain qualities throughout, throughout the season. So that um, was, I remember what you're talking about. It's a cardiac power interval. So that was phase. So So what, what I was trying to, what I was trying to develop there, um, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's a glycolytic exercise. We're in a glycolytic phase, glycolytic peaking phase, where we're trying to give you a little bit more volume. Um, again, frisbee, frisbee from what, from what I know, um, does have some glycolytic component to it. So I I do want to, I do want to touch upon that in training a little bit. So um. Yeah. 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 Don't don't try and throw me under the bus and be like, yeah, you just gave. Me- oh, yeah. I'm
2: not saying it wasn't justified. Like we, I just yeah, know that yeah, I wanted yeah like we we built,
3: we built up we built up you know <laughs> many months of training. Yeah, yeah. To, to do that, and again, that was a uh, element of peaking. So it's. Yeah, we did that right before sectionals, I think, and it, regionals. It worked.
2: It worked, it so, worked. I mean, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. It no sucked. Complaint. It wasn't it right sucked. before. It's not like it was the day before. No, no, no. Yeah. It was like I think it was like the
1: weeks before. leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, they I, they sucked, but it was – Yeah, was, and again,
3: um, the, trick. The, the thing was, the thing that's funny in Frisbee is, like, normally when you're in season, uh, you want the conditioning to be from their sport and just playing their sport. But in Frisbee, we don't really get that luxury because <laughs> – one, our season is pretty much year around between college and club and like, like for a college player. Right. And then two, like, we don't, you know, that what four weeks off we have in the, uh, in the off season, like we don't, we're not together, even though we we have like our take home packing and stuff, which is a lot of like, what, what I said, aerobic, a work. So, um, uh, our low days tempo runs build, building some sort of aerobic base and our high days where we're, we're, putting in max, max effort, max effort sprint for a short amount of time, whether we're building capacity or um, capacity or um, uh, power uh, that dictates the rest times. But at
0: the yeah. end of the day, it seems like you're saying temple ultimate this year has been fueled by a communism and B UFC or fighting. No, you you are you are you are fueling us with a fighter mentality. You put as words well in as so a, many
1: people's mouths. Well, that's man. what I I am yeah,
0: not putting. Put, I'm just extrapolating what I want to hear and what no, makes you're definitely the storyline.
3: Hard, hard disagree there.
0: It's a hard disagree, but I'm gonna swerve out the way and, and stick in my lane. But I hear you. I I support it.
2: Who made this um, guy the host?
0: Uh, you guys yeah, did. really. <laughs> so I want to backtrack for a second you were talking about how it's kind of hard to a lot of ultimate players don't really have a background of training, right? They weren't really training that much in high school. And a lot of college programs don't really have training components really whatsoever that are better enforced, right? That are more structured to grow a sport like ultimate that is kind of in that B tier, right? Of on an international scale. Do you think that instilling more organized training regimens at a younger age, like there are for other larger organized sports, is paramount if ultimate really wants to take off—not take off, but really wants to, to grow.
3: Um, I think, like, like um, at a younger age, you just want you—you you really just want kids playing sports. You're you're. Really, you really oh, really no, want...
0: I'm not talking about you. Take your 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 middle school ultimate teams yeah. and and put them through some communist you know, workouts. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not, not
1: communist. That. Whatever. You just, you just put them through a regular serving, workout. So, so yeah, okay, yeah, your regular yeah, workouts, you your yeah, yeah. free, your freedom workouts. But, <laughs>
0: oh <my God. laughs> but what, I, what I'm saying is that in high school, we didn't have the structure. Very few teams had any of that kind of structure and having to kind of teach these movements and teach this training philosophy and the importance of it to a first or second year college athlete puts them three or four years behind athletically compared to, you know, football and baseball and basketball who get those things throughout high school from, from men in many schools. Do you think, I mean, other, other than the fact of that the sport needs to expand and become more structured and organized period, like from, you know, the, the local youth programs, through the top, it, there's a lot more structure and organization that needs to occur, obviously. But how big of a component do you think training should be, especially in that teenage year, those high school early college years?
3: Oh, I think I think it's crucial. Um, you know, it go it, like there's tons of obviously tons of research and tons of practical examples that show uh, you know a proper training program. At a, at a, you know, going all the way back to a, a really young age, shows um, again increases in strength and power and performance on the field and reduction in injury. Um, Do you and, think
0: and ultimate well. won't really grow? It's obviously it's growing, but it won't, it won't really start to take off until those start becoming nece- not necessary, but.
3: I mean, we're I starting to see them now, though. So, um, so there's game point performance. Yeah, I was just about to oh, say. Wow. I think game point performance has
1: made a huge. Yeah, that, difference. Was my, that was That was my. They're they're, they're
3: they're terrific. They're awesome. Yeah. I've, I've had conversations with a uh, with Goose about kind of what they're about, and they're they're awesome. They're doing absolutely terrific things for uh for the frisbee uh yeah. for the ultimate community. Actually. I mean,
1: yeah, there's a there's a ton of high school teams that are taking things from well, GPP.
0: That's my yeah. question: is that is that when it comes to something like this, which is on a smaller scale? Things like game point performance and morale performance, and I know that there was there's also some local. I know in Pittsburgh. Did um, you just say
3: morale? More, yeah, It's in I said morale. Sorry, moral. that's just the way I
0: talk. Moral, moral talk better. Talk moral, better. If I say moral, it's gonna come out like moral. I guess it's not gonna sound good. So, bear with me. I got all the moral
1: out. Performance. Moral
0: performance. Um, and those kind of things, which are more generalized, which are kind of targeted towards whole teams. And kind of giving everybody kind of this—it's not catered necessarily towards the individual, like many. I mean, not, I mean, it,
3: I mean um, like G GPP definitely is. Yeah. And and yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you? I mean, do you think this is the right step that the sport needs to be taking?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you think? What do you think the next step after this is? Or do you think this is the only step? Do you think that game point performance is going to effectively monopolize the entire ultimate training scene and everybody's going to be doing game point?
3: No, I think I think like in any sport, athletes have to be educated on the proper training means and what proper training uh, does to both enhance their performance and reduce their risk of injury. So I think it's just education to players on, okay, here like – this is what you should do and why you should do it and how it makes you better and how it makes you a more robust athlete. And, um, and that
0: education, a lot of it it seems, really starts to hit you in college. Right? That's when you really get exposed to a lot of you know, the different the different techniques and different philosophies of, of different conditioning strength and conditioning coaches. That's my slight segue. Um, That's a good segue. Into into the whole Jalen Green I don't want to call it a debacle, this, the, the situation. It's not a saga. Debacle. Saga. Saga. Thank you. And, and that, that, I'm saying Jalen Green because he he's the most obvious example, right? There's a handful of others that are opting to go G League instead of going college. to college, which we've talked about in previous weeks. Now, I want to ask you specifically, LaRue do you think that this is a smart decision from an athletic standpoint?
3: Um, do you think there is anything that they're going to potentially be missing out on in college from the NCAA? I think, I think the one year roadblock, I think the one and done rule is like where they have to go for one year is dumb. I think if I think they're 18 years old, um, they're able to make decisions for themselves or adults if they want to, if they want to skip college and go professional, I think they have, I think they have the right to do so.
1: Ziggy, what I what I will say for this Jalen Green thing is that, given that how the G League is gonna basically pattern this team around him, it sounds like they're gonna get everything that like a like an AA, not maybe not A, but like a, that a college team would get. They might get a strength coach and they might you know have workouts to do when they're not playing. But obviously, we don't know that. I
3: mean, a, no. As far concerned. as physical preparation goes, I know for a fact that the yeah. G League has strength steps Um, right yeah okay yeah Yeah, as far as as far as that aspect well i mean just as far as the like the human aspect of it again these kids are 18 years old and they're they should they should be able to you know decide decide their futures for themselves and if they're just gonna you know go to school for one year and leave after one year and right i don't think i don't think that's i think that's wasting a year for them and again you gotta take into account socioeconomic standards you know some players are you know less fortunate when it comes to that stuff than others and you know they might need the money now and right, like right and the NCAA recent- and, and, and who who who' the NCAA to, to block that from them from you know uh, helping their family live better lives like I, I just think that's immoral of them to to think to force them so I, I think this is great I think I think this movement's great I think it shows that the has really got to take a look in the mirror and and um, you know, see what they're doing as far as, as far as far as that goes. Um,
1: but training wise, that they, they have the resources. Yeah, yeah, training, training Okay, yeah, that's what I. Yeah,
3: resources when they if they if they decide to play overseas. Um, There's definitely resources. I'm like 99 percent sure they yeah. have resources on their team. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can't think some
1: team. It. I mean, like maybe like Lamelo Ball's team in whatever first country that he played in didn't Australia. have. Australia. No, 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 New no, Zealand. No. Yeah. Was he in New Zealand first? Oh, they were in Lithuania first. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if his team in Lithuania maybe had that because they were – I don't even know if they were first division. But his team in uh, New Zealand definitely has it.
0: Hey, uh, I'll have to stop so by and see him New play Zealand. when I'm out there next year. Um, so essentially what I hear – the reason I wanted to ask that, Rue, is because we talked about this in other podcasts, other episodes, a couple episodes ago, that – What can the NCAA offer that this route can't, right? Like this route is so appetizing to these players because of money, because it's a more streamlined route to the NBA because, um, they essentially get to choose their own destiny right through, because G league, your, any team can offer you a 10 day contract and it's up to you whether or not you want to sign that. Is there, and I wanted to ask this question, like, well, maybe we can ask the strength and conditioning coach. Is there anything from an athletic standpoint that they may get from college that wouldn't really be available in Euroleague or in the G League? And if there really isn't, what can the NCAA offer to, to keep this to keep these kids here?
3: Money. I, I mean, I don't know because I can't I can't tell you how things operate in the Euroleague or the G League, so I can't compare differences or similarities. But I mean, I'll I'll and I I want to speak as just like a fan, general sports fan, um, you know, just a, a guy because not not as someone who is who you know works you know essentially works for the ncaa or um works in the ncaa but but um but yeah i think i think the ncaa should find a way to be able to you know legally pay these players and that that might drive incentive incentive to play college basketball because i don't know i'm talking i'm talking about this just strictly from from um just not an about, employee standpoint no 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 not, not. I'm trying to I'm trying to word it right but just just for me just grow up, growing up and you know lot, you know always looking forward to March Madness every year and you know seeing seeing um you know teams like Florida in the mid-2000s and Duke in the mid-2000s nor even North Carolina even though I grew, I grew up a Duke fan um and hated North Carolina but, um, oh, I
0: didn't. Wait, 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 well, I didn't know he was a Duke fan, Don.
3: But um, I didn't know that either. I wasn't aware of this. Why are you we, blaming me for this? That's
0: the show, fellas. We don't have Duke fans on this podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We are a pro UNC household.
1: We're not a pro Pittsburgh podcast, though. So you can leave.
3: <laughs> but uh, anyways, just see, seeing guys like, seeing guys like, you know. You know, like the J.J. Redick, Sheldon Williams, Greg Paulus teams of Duke, Tyler Hansborough, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, North Carolina.
1: Greg Paulus, well, that's a name. Yeah, man. He transferred, he transferred to Syracuse and was working yeah, yeah, back there. for yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: And then you know, like Al Horford, Corey Brewer, and um, Joe Kim Noah. That yeah, Joe Kim Noah. Oh, who's the other guy? Right? Lee Humphrey. Um, just teams like that. Seeing seeing guys that that played um, that played and were able to build foundations for three four years was just awesome to see where now it's just like, it's just like, okay, one and done. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much this, you know, completely new team, you're in, you're out. And that's, uh, and you know, if the NCAA can like let go of this, this, um, thing where it's like, okay, we can't pay or like to have you one and done. Like, I think, I think, I think it'll provide a, a better product as well. Um, you know, even going back to the nineties and the eighties, watching the Jordan documentaries, um, of Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, um, uh he, those Houston teams five slam and Jamma, Oh like, my like, god. Like, yeah. like, imagine if all those teams just had all, all those guys just went one done and and um MJ so wouldn't fun.
1: have hit it MJ wouldn't have hit his shot yeah. against Georgetown.
3: Yeah. Yeah so so like I, I think I think there has to be I think the NCAA's gotta find a way or just or just let let it go and let let these guys go because I think I think it'll be good for the athletes um that they can that they can get paid and that they have more freedom, and I think it'll be I think it'll be good for their product because they'll be able to be able to market, they'll be able to market these these um this continuity or continuity continuity um, that are I don't know. That's,
0: so I mean, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, what I'm hearing is that these these top point 0.1% of players that have this option to go overseas or to to the G League, the NCA can probably pay them, but they probably can't pay them nearly as much as they'd be making otherwise it may just be a lost cause and it may just for the NCAA and it may just make sense for these players financially um you know from from a standpoint of it's just gonna waste the time to go to the NCAA xyz to take these alternative routes
3: yeah I mean in the end the player the players gotta the players gotta do what's best for them I think right that, I think that's the important thing and then I mean there's for
1: every Zion Williamson there's going to be an Obi Toppin, you know, yeah. Who, who goes to college, emerges, his sophomore year still isn't you know fully draftable, I guess, and then stays four years, right? And now he's probably going to be a top ten pick. So yeah, the NCAA, yeah. the NCAA is going to be fine. The NCAA just has to adjust. Our yeah. podcast yeah, isn't going to be
0: fine to if you keep reusing quotes from three episodes ago. But yeah, we'll keep. We'll keep
1: it's going. relevant.
3: But I, yeah, mean, I mean, it's relevant. It's relevant. I agree. Yeah. yeah, like they they have to adjust. They have to adjust somehow and just give. Them- just give um, you know, more more flexibility, more freedom to the players and money. But that's what's all. That's what it's all about. I know, like the NCAA. I know the NCAA is all. Um, I, I know the NCAA likes to be greedy, but um, but like speaking I of I mean, the NCAA, understand understanding who you are, with your players. Speaking of them being greedy,
0: oh, I I I try to make segues work, but I lost this one because I was backtracking. I want to A talk to you about league. how spring sports being canceled has affected your approach to strength and conditioning. What have you had to change as a result of this?
3: So what, uh, so what we're doing, um, are, uh, for football, uh, I'll, I'll break it down. Um, so for football, um, we, uh, the most important thing is just keeping in contact with these guys and make sure they're healthy. Right. So we have a three person football strength staff. We, uh, we call our guys, you know, every other week, just to check in, you know, give them a phone call. And all I'm, all I'm asking is like, all I care about is for them just to be like, yeah, yeah, Nick, or yeah, coach, or yeah, whatever. Like I'm healthy, my family's healthy. We're doing well. That's all I care about. But our guys are doing a great job of finding a way to get better. Right. So we, we sent out a program for them to do at home. Um, we put a lot of time, a lot of effort into it. We filmed everything. Um, and we gave like overviews of what they can do. We put a lot of time into it and our guys are doing a great job of doing it, even though whether they do it, whether they don't like, like, it's fine. Like that's not what matters right now. What matters right now is that they're them and their families are healthy. That's, that's all I want to hear when I, when I talk to my guys, but, um, but just hearing it, just hearing that they're in constant, you know, contact with coaches too, sending them videos and them lifting or, or like, or uh, sprinting or stuff like that. And that, and that's awesome. So um, just communication with our athletes is important now. Again, um, like I just kind of ran about just making sure they're all right, being sure they know that we're there for them. That's, that's all I, that, that's all I care about. Um, as far as, as far as my two teams, where I, where I have them um, by myself, golf and cheer, you know, I, I'll communicate with them. I'll, I'll send out um I'll send out a program for their to do for them to do. We're not allowed to see if they're doing it. Um that's a, the NCAA put a hard no to that. Um they're what do you mean? You're all, not, you're not allowed to see. Voluntary. Like like I can't even you can't even like like you can't even like text a player and be like, Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Like like that that's for all experience. sports no yeah for all I mean, sports even okay.
0: even if it's a voluntary workout and you're just curious has no no it has to be completely yeah, but,
3: but i mean what's good is that i mean what's awesome is that i met i met with my golf coach last week and i like i just asked her like hey if you got any feedback on like um on the you know on the workouts that have been sent out and, she, and she's been like yeah yeah like uh, like they're they're doing, they're doing them there and and like um and like voluntarily they're just like giving good feedback about it. and like that as mm-hmm. me like for me, like, that's, that's awesome. Like I, I had a huge smile because that tells, that tells me that they're, they're bought in and they believe in what, and they believe in what we're doing and they believe that, you know, and I'm helping them, you know, be able to fall farther and, and be stronger and more powerful. And that's, that's awesome for me.
0: In a time like this, I, I can't imagine how important that is to, that they still have that buy-in.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's great. And then, and then, um, you know, cheer. I have a workout sent sent out to them too. Uh, meeting with their coaches. Um, we have a team meeting at some point where, you know, I'm just gonna check in and make sure they're doing well. But I, honestly, right now, the number one thing, number one thing I care about with all my athletes is health first. You know, they're um, safe, healthy. They're eating well. They're sleeping well. Like that. That's what matters. Um, because when they come back, a big thing a big thing for when they come back is return to play protocols and how we're going to, how we're going to train and how we're going to practice and how we're going to make it so that Do
0: you um, have any idea,
3: minimize risk. Any, uh, any, or is that still a work in progress? So work in progress. Um, sure. again, we're, we're operating the goal right now because we have no idea. What we're
0: back. So have you, I mean, you said don't have any idea or anything, but have you heard anything about how Delaware's programs, as a whole may be affected by Um, so especially for the fall
3: we're we're in we're in an advantageous position because Delaware is not getting hit hard right now for one and two like like we're in a state where we are the main university right like so state is like we have this belief that the state's gonna make sure that we're okay and everyone in the state like like went to Delaware so so like we are we are the main thing in Delaware so like, we think we'll be okay, and our athletic director is awesome and she's very proactive and she's very, it's very people first. She's made making sure that everyone is, you know, retained, hopefully, and um, doesn't see any sort of a uh, and you know, we don't have to lay people off. And yeah, I don't know, I, th- I think that we have handled, handled, uh, handled this great. Um,
0: do you think? That, not do you think that? So, there hasn't been any word of programs having to be cut at at a cost of this. Delaware's kind of been able to stay ahead ahead of the curve.
3: Right now, we're all right. I mean, you see like Ultimate in wrestling got cut. I think Akron cut a couple sports today. Since he,
1: since he, he men's soccer got cut. That was a big
3: one. Got cut. Like, like, yeah, you're starting to see it's taking a financial impact on these schools, but, but, um,
0: yeah, it yeah. has to be. Yeah, all anyway, right. We're, we're switch gears. I have, just, I have, you, I have one on? left.
1: I have one last question. Sorry. Go. Um, for the workout programs that you're giving your athletes, are they mainly like cardio based? Because there's a lot of people that might not have access to weights. Or- so, the, so
3: the so the number one the number one thing. Um, the number one thing they can do right now is that you don't need any equipment for is sprint and jump. Right. Um. Okay. Right, because so. So speed and power is the first quality to decay after it goes after it goes untrained. You know, five to seven days, and you start without training speed or power, you start to see it. Oh, I know, vastly decline. Um, whereas strength, you strength, you can you can go you know two, four, five weeks without training, it and you won't see a uh, a fast decline. You won't see you won't see any sort of um
1: like decline in strength.
3: At, yeah, at yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, like lots of speed work and lots of jumping. That's, that's the most important thing they can do and they don't need any equipment to do it. It's different jumps, different types of landing, different ground contact times, you know, whether counter movement or non-counter movement, there's a bunch of stuff you can play with U- unilateral single leg or bilateral double leg, you know, vertical or horizontal. There's a bunch of ways you can do it. Same thing with speed work same thing with sprinting. There's a bunch of different ways you can implement it. So that's the number one focus for me as far as, um, um, what, what my, uh, what my athletes without any equipment can do or with equipment too. Um, but also just, um, you know, protein intake, super important right now, eat less processed foods, drink, drink more water, sleep 79 hours a night. If you sprint jump and do all, all four of those things, you know, You'll probably come out of this better than you uh, better than you are going into
0: it. I know you don't have contact with the player; like they're not allowed to give you feedback or anything. Are they allowed to tell you what they have access to?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, so- we uh, we sent out a survey to them at the beginning of all this madness, kind of like very detailed survey that one of our assistant strength coaches put together. She's awesome. Um, uh, basically, just seeing what they have access to, and we were actually able to the athletes that don't have access to anything. We were able to send them bands from. Uh, from an exercise, um, company, uh, ship them out to them and work. Yeah. legally, obviously we got the, okay. From right under the table a, band. Yeah. Service. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, we've been able to source our athletes with something and, and yeah. Now you've
0: been able to source yourself with sports by rewatching the 2003 Stanley cup yeah, so finals. actually, I, I'm rewatching.
3: Why? I'm rewatching. Uh, well, because I miss sports. Well, lot. yes, I, I
1: that was evident. 0-3 yeah, was a great. Was yeah, a great
3: yeah that final. Was the Devils and the Ducks. So I'm that were two great teams. Yeah. I'm rewatching a bunch of Stanley Cup Finals. I watched oh three. Okay, I, so you're doing you're
0: doing multiple. This isn't okay. like. Yeah,
3: yeah, I put I put I, that I'm in, doing, her, uh, in I'm doing. I'm doing. That got deleted. I don't I'm know. Doing, what I put. So I did 0-3. That was the first done. We watched. Then I did 0-4. I just watched Game One of 2011 yesterday. I think after 2011, I'm gonna go 2006, then I'm gonna go 2015.
0: I heard is a great one. I yeah. heard there's a lot of good stuff going on. But, but yeah,
3: but yeah, 03. Um, that was the uh, that was the Devils and the Ducks. Man, that I was, hate
1: uh, the I hate the Devils, but that was a really good Devils team.
3: That was a real that was a really good Devils team. That was where uh, Scott Stevens laid out Paul Korea in Game Six. And then, and then Korea comes back and scores a goal like 15 minutes later. And I hate, and um, teams, man. yeah, man, he was dirty as hell. But, but, um, that that's where uh, Gary Thorne had the famous, uh, off the floor on the board call and yeah. big, big hot take, but I think Gary Thorne is miles better than Doc Emmerich or was. I think
1: they're both great, but I love, yeah, yeah, I love Doc.
3: I saw your eyes open up there for <laughs> Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big doc guy.
1: I like oh, Doc, Doc, but man, man. Dude,
3: Gary Thorne's awesome.
1: Though. Gary Thorne is great. He's Gary Thorne awesome. also does baseball, right?
3: Yeah, Very, Orioles Regional Broadcast. Yeah. Niedermeyer um, was on this Devils team. Niedemeyer, Gomez, John Madden. Steve Brian Chianta, Jamie Langenbrunner. Langenbrunner had a huge series. Mike Rupp scored the game-winning goal. In, in Mike game Rupp, that's right, um, yeah. Scott Gomez before he burned out with the yeah, Rangers. Scott Gomez. Yeah, it and then really like, crazy, Dan, he played he here in Ottawa at the end of his career. Yeah,
2: really, really glad you didn't uh mention the one because as far as I'm concerned, that doesn't exist.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have no plans to watch that. But, yeah,
2: good. Uh, no one should ever watch that ever again. But
3: yeah, oh four was awesome because like Jerome McGinley was really fucking good, man. <laughs> Jerome McGinley, yeah, he went. He scored he scored a goal in game one where it was like holy shit, like it was one on he was on the penalty kill, one on one, shoots it wide of the net, and. And it bounces off the boards and he recovers quicker than the defender who was closer to the puck and the goalie to get to the puck and put in the net. It was insane. And like like he was he was really freaking
1: The fact the fact that the Calgary Flames were in a cup final just it's baffling to me. I don't know why. I like they, the Flames. They it's were just
3: an- heavily outmatched by Tampa Bay. Oh my god, Tampa yeah. Bay had a stacked top I don't yeah. I
0: don't want to cut you off, but we are a little short on time. This is a good chance to plug the fact that Don had a mini episode this past week um, it did. It debuted on uh, Thursday.
1: Right this morning this morning. Well, as this of Thursday recording. Th-
0: th- Thursday, yeah. May 14th, uh, talked to a friend of his Lucien, about, Lucian Lucien Kish Lucien Kish MLB's economic plan. It's a great little thing. We want you guys to check it out. We're also going to have other mini apps to kind of fill in the gaps between episodes. Dylan's going to have one coming up um, regarding nfl's the nfl schedule and some games he wants to highlight um as well as larue kind of brought this up and we kind of got inspiration as well from john boy and jake and they were doing some, oh, recaps yeah. and some games and we'll have larue back on to do some hockey stuff as well but just kind of do a, a good 30 minute 45 minute recap of of big series
3: and games that we and just games and just just specific just games yeah. As well. yeah yeah that'd be sweet and just kind I'd of love,
0: do, do deep to. dives and kind yeah, of find you know, this little
3: I can, yeah i'd love i'd love to get on and, and do that we, can, all right now. we all
0: got time to kill. We can chug out like, good episodes um, of that in the future. But we got some odds of them to fill before we get going. First and foremost, I bet you're surprised why we haven't commented out about the Rams jerseys yet because we tend to comment about they them jerseys a lot. suck,
1: man. They're terrible. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, oh, yes. oof.
0: Dickerson said it best. He's disappointed. He's revolted. He's disgusted. Thanks.
2: They look like something you do in, like, Madden Creative Team when you're, like, eight years old. Like, looks look, like, it,
1: look at this, this. Look at this, this sick jersey combination. Wow. This looks like something you make in, like, Microsoft Paint. They're terrible. The, yeah, the, with your worst left hand. Part
2: out of, the worst part out of all of it. That stupid white block around so, Los Angeles. Right I want to highlight a couple jersey. things.
0: I do oh. a lot of uniform deep dive. Oh. That's one of the things I do on the side of my life. But you see, it. you see the color. Obviously, the first thing I want to highlight, is the color change. I have on, the, and the, on our planning doc the new jerseys, and then we have a picture of the old jerseys, the throwback jerseys, right? Which are beautiful. Those, those throwbacks that they wore this past year, this blue with yellow lettering and yellow pants, oh. are gorgeous. That is all, the they that 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 all they had to do was
2: bring that back. That emulates
0: the Pittsburgh Panthers' new colorway. That's what I kind of uh, see, it, see it with. Now, this, this new one is like if they took those, those colors, somebody fell asleep, you know at their software and just adjusted the rgb just a little bit so it looks so childish and comical it just it doesn't look like
1: it should be allowed yeah it's they're terrible
0: the they're gradient numbers need to go gradients are awful in sports jerseys they're terrible they've never been good and especially when they're on numbers why make your numbers gradient
1: yeah, I, I just i just don't get it look you
0: know,
2: know it's bad when zig and i agree but the that's bone that's well you know you that means really you're going to
1: disagree on something very soon yeah it's, yeah, it's a circle sure. of
0: life the bone <laughs> yeah. I, I can't you can't really tell the bone in the promotional picture it kind of looks like white um but if you i looked at the nfl shop they have them up for sale now that bone is just like
1: the bone you're talking about the horn like <clears throat> no it's, it's no the, the gray is called bone oh, oh, oh it's okay. like
0: it's like beige and gray mixed right together, right
1: right yeah
0: and it's toxic it's, why it's, make that an nfl jersey
2: at I don't all. really it shouldn't despise be a color. The color but like I, I just think the they 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 could have executed it better like it shouldn't it's, have been a whole jersey it shouldn't like a highlighter
0: Now something. what worries me is that patch because that remi- that yeah. the way it stands out makes it right, think it's worrisome. that it's kind of a test space for advertisements
2: Oh and my god it looks me. so much worse on the on the website it Oh my does. god Oh
0: com- oh imagine if that white oh. block is replaced by say Nothing like get it no. rid of it, just chop it out like I mean ideally. Oh yeah, imagine if it's if it's replaced by like I don't know, original mattress factory. That's the first thing I can see right now. Oh my god,
2: that's horrible. It looks like a
0: sponsor patch, and that's disgusting.
2: What what's good with the lines in the numbers? The like, lines in the numbers? Oh, on like the on the, the website. Yeah,
0: I guess yeah. it's supposed, I think it's supposed to kind of resemble like the uh the ram horn again. Oh again, my god. All dumb details that oh really god. don't make it worse than it is. It's if horrible. Took... It looks
2: like a Pro Bowl jersey that if they really they just... screwed
0: up. Yeah, yeah, it does. If they just took last year's throwback colorway and
2: just
1: made it finally
0: fix the helmet colors,
1: yeah, it would have been perfect.
0: Maybe adjusted the sleeve patching a little bit; It would have been fine.
1: Leaving the jerseys the way
2: they were was better than this. This is really, better, this is really yeah. bad.
0: This is the worst Ugh. group of jerseys to come out, and I did not like the Patriots or the Falcons oh at all. God, it's so bad. Um, two a couple more things. There's this one Twitter story that I sent to Donna Dill uh, about Have a looked, week ago.
1: I don't think I've looked at it, honestly. That oh, was
0: wait. it was it was by oh, yeah, yeah, Zach yeah, yeah. Lowy. And yeah. this is interesting. This is very it's odd. Zach Lowy. Lowy. It's no, low. no, 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 no. It's no, no, no. Zach different guy. Lowy, completely different guy. It's Not about Docker. Really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So there's a player, um, Schalke, German German team. Player on their team, Janik Kamba, butchered that name. Was announced dead at the age of 33 after a car accident in his native country of Congo. Four years and four months later, he was discovered alive and working in a power plant in the German uh, Ruhr Valley. Hmm? He didn't fake his death. In fact, it was found that he was abandoned by his friends the night of January 9th, 2016, in Congo, and he was left, he has documents, his money. And his phone all stolen.
1: That's they, some they, great friends. friends.
0: Yeah. The German authorities are investigating. Do we do uh, that for you?
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah, probably. But I wouldn't. I, I got to be honest. I'd probably do that. But, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you're dead. I just, do, I just commit fraud. I can't say that out loud. I redact no, that statement. Yeah, there you go. Now, speaking of fraud, yeah. the German <laughs> authorities are investigating his ex-wife, Kama's ex-wife for fraud. And she, Because she reported his death and collected a six-figure sum. I don't know what currency that is. I imagine it's probably uh, euros as part of the insurance settlement. Um, he came through the Schalke Academy. He, played, he was playing for an a eighth-tier German side at the time of his disappearance. So he was actively on the team, and I guess he disappeared. I don't understand. That that's where the, the gap is for me. But his ex-wife falsified the funeral documents falsified a Congolese death certificate to get the insurance payout, which I don't know how difficult that actually is. I imagine there's a lot of bribery going on there. And he applied to return to Germany two years after his supposed death. And they let him into the country and work as a chemist. But there was no alert brought up that, oh, wait, this guy is supposedly dead in Congo. He was just allowed back into Germany because... He um, has a status in the country as a, as a youth player. And he gave Put him asylum. Put
2: that bitch in jail.
0: Yeah. His wife is six years older than him. And she's defended her innocence. But I don't know, man. Seems like she's going to you jail. Know, That's bad. That's brutal. Four and a half years, you, everybody thinks you're dead. And then you show up and you're just, you're just a chemist in the There's middle something of Germany.
2: Something's happening there.
0: That's some. That's not There's I don't think many people never say that story. Whatsoever. Uh, I want to talk about lastly Armando
1: Galarraga. Galarraga. I wanted Galarraga. to say
0: Raga, but I don't think it's Gaia. I think it's Gala.
1: Galarraga. yeah.
0: He's the guy, if you don't recognize the name off the top of your head, who our good buddy what is that umpire's name?
1: Jim Joyce. Oh, yeah. Jim Joyce.
0: I wanted to say Joy Wet Joe West, but no, it's Jim, Jim Joyce. I know Jim I Jones. don't like
3: Joe West very much. Well, nobody does. You see the That's video what. of Joe West throwing someone out from like 1983 that resurfaced the other day? That was so funny. Oh, no, yeah. was
0: that the John Boy one of him just throwing somebody out? I want to say it was. I think it was John Boy that did that. Um, but yeah, he was the guy who had his no his no no his perfect, perfect game. game bid. Shafted on stolen. the final out, stolen. Grand on the final out. By Jim Joyce, who clearly called, who's a man who, uh, uh, who I don't even know who was. He, who was he,
1: that. he he made the correct he the incorrect call on for Galarraga's perfect game. He Jim made a Joyce, safe call
0: when it should have been. He made
1: a safe call when it should have been out, and Jim Joyce realized it wasn't realized close. It wasn't oh, yeah, close. It wasn't Jim close. Jim Joyce realized he was wrong. He apologized for it. Yada yeah. yada yada. Handled uh, it well for an umpire. He did. He handled it perfectly. Well,
0: so well, did so did Armando.
1: As yeah, a he handled it so, fine. It
3: guy's life like five years later. Yeah, did you, you guys see that? No, no way. Like, I think I think someone was having a cardiac episode in like oh yeah or something, and Jim Joyce like performed CPR on them and saved their life.
2: Good for him. Wow. Still doesn't
0: excuse the fact that he missed that call, but you <laughs> know, Although, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I happy he saved card. a life. Uh, but now Armando and Jim Joyce are fine. Like they understand at the end of the day,
1: it, is it
0: is, it is it is a human mistake again. Nobody understands why they didn't just discuss it together and review it. No idea.
1: Because there wow. was no review. There was Facebook no rules then. Yeah, that
0: oh, was the thing. Yeah, that was. Yeah. You, are, you are correct.
3: First Not so review, I
0: mean, but I mean, get together. Page. Get together as, as, a, as, a, as umpires.
3: What? Oh, I so don't know. But- First sentence of Joyce's Wikipedia page, known for his incorrect safe call on Armando Gallardo. <laughs> <user.
0: laughs> he's never going <laughs> to live it down. Now, Armando is asking the MLB, or hoping the MLB will finally recognize... That it was a perfect game.
1: No, get over it. It was years ago. My like,
0: qu- my question is, should it be, first of no, all?
1: No. I think it should no, be. No. I think just it should be, get, too. Just get over it. There I is so much
0: be. evidence that it was, and that out would have ended the game. It's not but like yeah, the out sure,
1: but, but Armando Calraga should be happy that he's more known for a messed up call for his perfect game than he is for other guys who have actually thrown a perfect the, game.
2: Well, that's, that's like, a lot like, easier to say as somebody that's not involved in the situation
1: than somebody I don't else. It's just, just like, like, he's making this whole, he's making this so dramatic. He didn't
0: talk, he didn't talk on it for almost 10 years. He was so fine that. with it. Yeah. And now he's like, he's like I, everybody's seen this stuff. Everybody's seen the tape. We all know what happened. It's been acknowledged by everybody. I haven't really brought it up at all to the media. Neither has Jim Joyce. We've just kind of and just he handled this. it well the day of. Everybody like, handled literally it literally yeah. ten
2: minutes after it happened. He handled it super the well. The
0: day after, Armando handed the the lineup card to Jim Joyce as a, as a symbol of you know understanding of forgiveness. If he gets this, and ODon's Don's opposed to it, if he gets this allowed as a perfect game, should there be an asterisk next to it? Should there be any notion that this? Occurred or should it just kind of get slipped in
2: like normal? Uh, I'm not a believer in a lot of asterisks next to things when it comes to stuff. The only issues that I have with certain things, I have issues with cheaters, and cheaters should have asterisks I and mean, or or were things stripped. But I, I don't have an issue with it. I think it. I fine. mean,
1: I mean, sure, like, but you can't avoid the fact that he got it wrong, and that he got it, and that like he got it wrong for so 10 should. Years there- now? Yeah. Be an asterisk, so why are we puni- then why are we punishing the pitcher that didn't get it wrong? No, 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 no. We're not, I'm not saying that we punish anybody for putting an asterisk next to it. I'm just saying that you can't avoid the fact that it got changed years after. And but everybody like, already that knows be, that. Right, but so it should be known for the people that don't know it for years and years In and years heart, and years.
0: Is it a perfect game? I say yes.
1: Well, yeah, but like I just don't think it should get recognized as it right now. Give it to him! Just get over it. You know,
0: like, he, did, he He was over it for ten years. And now he's, he's like Now he's bad
1: over it, but apparently he's not over it now. Well, he's not. It.
0: He's not bitching and moaning about he it. He is
1: bitching and moaning about he's it. Just he's asking. just asking. Um, he's um, like, hey, God, you sound like one of those old. This of bat flips.: No, he's bitching and moaning about it. The just, the get it. God, what,
0: just get over it. Yeah, what, dodge You not like bad flips, it. flips it. either? No, I love bad
1: flips. Just get over it, Armando. Like you had a shit career anyways. Just get over it. Oh, oh, this is
2: a personal thing. Okay, just
1: get over it. Like seriously, man, Armando was good, man. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, Don, do you have a perfect game? Hmm? No, I'm not gonna be an MLB pitcher. Yeah, okay. It's okay. Okay. But Wait I'll comment done? on it. No, but I'll comment on it. Since Get what? over it.
0: I thought you were trying. I thought you were still no. trying. I thought you were gonna, you know.
2: He's uh he's developing a new throw based off of fr- Frisbee
3: throws. Oh right in that's, yeah. that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I could see Don as a sidewinder pitcher. That'd be interesting.
3: All right, Armando had a good year the on I didn't want to acknowledge in, the stats because you know, in, o, in 08, he won 13 7 with a 3 oh, 7 08 was a wonderful year, was it? wasn't it? It was great. It yeah. was,
2: was a great year. It
0: was a great. Year. That was a that's fun year. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's the show. What did we learn today? We learned that Nick LaRue knows a lot about
3: strength and conditioning,
1: and Soviet scientists.
3: And
0: so he knows a lot about Soviet. Strength
3: and condition. Yeah, that's that's where the that's where a lot of the boats were. That's where a lot of a lot of it. And
0: we're not going to dig any deeper as to why or what kind of experiments were done. We're not going to touch on that. We're just going to thank them for figuring some things out, which allow us to run fast and run hard and get hard and get fast, as as they usually say. Uh, what else did we learn? We learned that Nick Larue only wears belts for superstitious purposes, um, and we also learned that. I don't know. If you go to the Congo, make sure that you bring real friends and not fake ones. That'll fake your death and take your money and act like you didn't exist for four and a half years. That's it. Sign it off. Follow us on our socials. Underscore cherry picking. Don is the website up?
1: Website's not up. We're, we're working on it.
0: We're working on it. It'll be up shortly. Logo will be up shortly. We said that last week.
2: A couple of things are in the works.
0: They are so close. It's not even funny. We want to thank LaRue again for coming on today. This was a blast. I had a great time. Uh, yeah
3: let's you let's boss. let's let's uh let's get that old series uh mini uh, yeah series episode going absolutely point, anyway uh, i don't i don't i don't have a lot more to say about that than i did about uh <laughs> the snc stuff uh, we gotta cut you short we're, we're trying
0: we're trying to run strict schedules here but um yeah no we'll, we'll get you on for some many episodes in the meantime anyway this is ziggy
1: this is Donnie and dylan
0: and who are you there's I Nick. am you No that's what Nick says I'm Nick LaRue wow.
3: Oh yeah, yeah Anyway
0: <laughs> See you on the flip side Who are you?
3: I
1: am you
0: Nick LaRue No